I am Doug Friedman. I am Meredith Levy. And this is Insight Out. The bonus edition of your mental breakdown. The podcast within a podcast. <laughs> sure is. The dream within a dream. It, all of the above. Hi, Dougie. Hi. Just thinking of Inception, the dream within the dream. Yeah. Remember mm, that? I remember seeing that, but, or did I? I'm not sure. Might have been a dream within a dream. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio, Ellen Page. I had a client once say something like, uh, when we were working on something and months later, he revisited it and we kind of you know, talked about it. He's like, oh my God, wait, I totally think differently. That's like, you just did some inception shit on me, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> we get into their subconscious with them, tweak things around a little bit. And sometimes they don't even notice that these changes are going to happen and, and just happen kind of naturally until a little time goes by and they look back and go, oh my gosh. So true. So true. We're, we're inceptionists. We are. We sure are. <laughs> How you been? What's going on? I've been good, mostly good. I, I took a little vacation to the mountains. That was fantastic, being able to just Ooh, refresh. Lovely. You know, it's funny. I, I tell people all the time, you've heard me say it, that we're not given a vacation. You have to take a vacation, and yet I haven't taken one in years. So to be able to kind of take one, unplug, be away, was awesome. Fantastic. Just reminds you what it's like to be human again. I really want to go camping, but... No, you don't. What? Yes, I do. Wait, wait, qualify that. Because the idea of, I've talked to you about this, not on here, but about in a tent, sleeping on a floor. Yeah. You're down with that? Yeah. With like a, a smushy sleeping bag <laughs> and not when it's like freezing or, or raining. No. I mean, probably just for a couple days, but yeah, totally. Wow. Okay. One of the best trips I ever had, I went river rafting with my dad and sister on the Rogue River in Oregon for a week. And it was Ooh. amazing. I nice. mean, we were definitely younger, but I still recall it as one of my favorite trips ever. Huh. So yeah, I really want to go camping. I just love stars. Stars are my favorite thing ever. Oh yeah. I love like when I go to the Whole Foods and I see like these actors and these musicians, it's just so nice to see stars all around us here in LA. Yeah. You're hilarious. Oh, you, you meant astronomical stars stars in the sky i love that all the I love pretty that. ones actually a couple of my friends uh just borrowed or, uh, my old tent and took it to my favorite spot in the eastern sierras to go camping and uh I'm, i think they're back like now so i get to hear how it went because they literally the spot is five mile hike in you kind of pitch a tent nobody's there because nobody knows about that area they go off to the right and this is off to the left and there's three lakes around you and where is it? Dog can be off leash the entire time in the Eastern Sierras. I mean, people out there in podcast land won't really know this, but it's, I guess the closest town to it is Bishop, where a lot of people go to fish. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's south of Bishop. It's not quite all the way up there, but it's, it's amazing. I mean, you literally feel like you're alone, nobody around you, and you have three lakes surrounding you all to yourself and your animal and whoever you're with. Well, that's where I'm going to go then. Wow. You should. I'll tell you how to get there. Although you will have to sleep on the floor in a tent. It's not comfortable. Well, it can be <laughs> as long as it's mushy and you put like something down on the tent. Sure. I guess I'm just getting 
old because the idea of like sleeping on the ground does not appeal to me at all anymore. I don't want to be sore. I want to be in nature. I want to do that thing. And I think maybe the sign of really getting old <laughs> is I kind of want to get an RV. I mean, does anyone really like sleeping on the ground? I don't want to like sleep on the ground ground, but you know. An, well, right. But you know, a sleeping bag with a sleeping pad is still to me <laughs> on the ground. Like an RV, I think they've got RVs now that have like full beds that have like full stoves, you know, have a real bathroom. Someone else would have to drive that for me. That would be way too overwhelming. Sure. Especially if it starts raining. Oh. The rain and you in an RV. <laughs> No way. Dunzo. I'd be just sleeping on the side of the road. To be in an RV that has its own kitchen and its own bathroom. I mean, you could use a real bathroom because I, I don't know if you went camping, does a mare shit in the woods? Does a mare shit in the woods? Mare, Thank you. mare does not poop. So, I mean, well, that sounds weird when Never. I say that, but we don't talk about poop. I don't talk about poop with, <laughs> unless it's with specific girlfriends. Sure. We can talk about crossing the fart barrier in relationships. Oh, God, no, time. dude. No. There was a great Saturday Night Live bit a long time ago called Flat You Sense, where you stick something up your butt. And then when you fart, it's scented. So, like, you know, somebody was like, and now it's got Flat You Sense, a new car smell. Or some oh, two people were driving my a car. God. Goes, Is this a new car? And he just smiles. Flat You Sense. Oh, my like, God. That's a brilliant idea. Is that a thing? Right. Like, yeah. Why doesn't that really exist? <laughs> Speaking of really existing. <laughs> Speaking of <laughs> flat you sense. <laughs> Speaking of flat you sense, we're going to talk about some dialectical behavioral smells. <laughs> we sure are. Our different sense of mind. Ooh, hey, that look works. Look at that. Yeah. So we're going to get into a little, uh, you know, a little mindfulness. A little peek behind the curtain of the DBT that you use with your clients. I'm interested because it's stuff that I, I know about, but I don't necessarily have the specific framework and you have the framework and even handouts that we'll probably put up uh, on the website and attached to this so you guys can see it. Yeah. And we've talked about DBT here and there, dialectical behavioral therapy. You guys can ask questions. We can explain it more. We'll put up a general what is DBT on the website. But I think that the idea, whether it's DBT or not, just this general idea of mindfulness, part of it is knowing the different states of mind, what kind of mindset we are in. If you think of it like a sort of Venn diagram, there's our reasonable mind, our emotion mind, and then in the middle of the two is the wise mind. Sort of, uh, not self-explanatory, but it makes sense. Reasonable mind is sort of you think of it as cool, it's task focused, it's logical, it's rational, right? You're mm -hmm. you're working on your taxes, that's pretty far in the extreme side. It could shift to emotional if you start realizing how much money you've spent, how much money you don't have. It sure the hell could. We're not looking at feelings a lot in the reasonable mind, unless like Doug said, the emotion mind is, it can be mood dependent. It can be feelings and it can be more of a hot, the hot side. It's feelings and emotions. And it can be, if we're really far in the extreme side, it can be chaotic and impulsive, but it can also be wonderful and love and passion and creativity and all where the good things and poetry and music and stuff come from. 
And it's not that one mind is better than the other. They're no. just different. And it's finding, you know, the balance, which is what brings us to the wise mind, right? Right. And the wise mind is sort of the middle path. It's hmm. you're bringing together the ideas of the reasonable mind and the emotion mind. You're looking at your intuition and your gut and your instinct and looking at knowing what you know, you taking, you're taking all this information and you're saying like, okay, so if I'm sitting here and I have all this information, what truly is the best decision for me to make, right? Like coming right. from this calm state of being. Right. So I'm not super reactive and I'm not overly logical and it's to bring my Star Wars metaphor back into it or analogy. Please do, please. Right. Of course. It's the the reasonable mind and the, and the emotion mind. Like I think of the emotion as that's, you know, Darth Vader, that's the Sith. That's what they feed on is, is that raw passion, that emotion, which often we associate, like you said, with the extreme of super angry or super passionate. Right. And then it's, you know, it can be destructive. If we go to the rational or reasonable mind, that side is often what people think the Jedi is because they're calm, cool, collected. And the idea isn't that you want one and not the other. Right. Both exist at all times. It's it's the what you said and I loved, you know, the good, the bad, and the plaid, you know, the black, right. the white, and the plaid. Right. Right. It, it's both things at the same time are there. And it's finding that not that single center point, but just that that overlapping Venn diagram part, which if you were looking at the picture, guys, you'd totally see it and understand it, right? Yeah. It's it's a little bit of both. I don't know, that sweet spot where you have true wisdom. Exactly. So then we also have, and another way of looking at that, we have something called the doing mind and the being mind, which again, in the Venn diagram, mm. we sort of have the wise mind in the middle. The doing mind, sort of left brain, being mind, sort of right brain again. The doing mind is more goal-oriented, more ambitious. The being mind is being curious and present-oriented and in the moment. And the wise mind, again, is sort of the balance of the middle, the middle path. And the idea is that we try to let go of achieving our goals while at the same time throwing ourselves into working on the goals. So hmm. it's not that we don't have the goals. It's that we let go of achieving them while we're still working towards them. And being focused so much on the end goal. Like I remember uh, talking about camping, going camping to that spot in the Sierras. Like I've gone there, you know, I was with Kim and we'd go out there and I was so hell bent on getting to where we were going and being able to pitch the tent before it got dark and just just get there. Let's blast through. Right. And we walked by this beautiful lake and a great place with my old dog Franklin. And she was like, "Hey, let's let's stop here and just kind of take a moment." Like, "No, no, no, we need to get there. We need to get there." Cuz I was so focused on that that doing. And she was trying to show the balance and go, "Well, we'll get there, but the whole point of getting there is to be in beauty and be in nature. Totally. Look at where we are right now. And it was that mindfulness, that presence, that being present in your own experience. That's to me what it's all about. And that I remember, I guess it's an old Buddhist saying, I think I remember it from Thich Nhat Hanh. Again, makes me sound very well read, but I just remember little bits and pieces of things. Somebody asked like a, a monk, you know, what do you and the monks do? Like, what's your practice? And the monk said, we sit, we walk and we eat. And the guy said, well, but everybody sits and walks and eats. And the monk said, right. But when we sit, we know we are sitting. When we walk, we know we are walking. When we eat, we know we are eating. I love that because it's just that 
whatever you're doing is the thing you're doing. There is nothing else. You know, you're 100% present for it and there. And that's, you know, I, I think we can pan out and see the, the wide shot of this and look at our entire lives. And our lives can be about doing too much or about being too much. I think the, the real joy of life is to be present for your experience of it. You know, whether it's good or bad, to take it on and, and feel that and be able to process that. So that balancing, like, sure, the doing mind is great because we didn't want to just stay at that first lake the whole time. And all of a sudden, like, oops, it's dark now. Now we have to hike up the rest of the way with, you know, lamps on our head and bears in the woods. You know, <laughs> it's, it's finding that balance and that sweet spot for where you want to be and being aware of being aware. Yeah. Do you know I just ordered a headlamp and I have no idea why? <laughs> for when you need to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night and you don't want to turn your light on? I don't know. My sister's like, what are you doing? And I was like, mm, just this, that, some work. I just ordered a headlamp, blah, blah, blah. She's like, I'm sorry, what? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> just felt the need. When you need to go down into the coal mines, you got to have the headlamp. <laughs> coal mines. Right? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I was just like, I have so many other like safety, earthquake preparedness things. Like why not a headlamp? You know, got to be smart. I'm all for that. I used to have a headlamp in my night table. Now I have a bicycle light that's even brighter. So if Beckett barks and goes out the doggy door and I'm like, oh, fuck, is it a skunk? What the hell? What's going on? I'll go out there with a bicycle lamp and I can just point it and it's super, super bright and it just illuminates the whole backyard. Yeah, but it's not, you're not, you're not hands free. That's the thing. That's true. So you just get yourself a sweatband for your head and... <laughs> <laughs> that bicycle lamp. What am I, Napoleon Dynamite? Uh, yes, actually, you are. Gosh, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, my God, I wish everyone could see you right now. So good. Okay, anyway, getting back to that camping analogy, that's such a good one. The other one, give credit where credit is due to my colleague Megan, who gave this example once about driving cross country. And let's say you're driving from LA to New York and you're supposed to get there in two weeks and you're totally in doing mind. Mm. So you just drive straight there. You get there in three days. You see absolutely nothing. You're just totally focused on driving. Right. And if you drive there completely in being mind, you pay zero attention to the fact that you're supposed to be there in two weeks. You get there in a month, but you've stopped at every single little flower and Diner ball and yarn flower shop. Yeah. Yes, mm -hmm. that you're supposed to see, but you haven't followed through with your responsibility and you just are forgetting about everything else except for being in the moment, which sounds great, but it can completely throw everything else off, right? Yeah. And I think that highlights why the whole idea of it is not one at the exclusion of the other. It's finding that balance and just being present for the goal. And I think of, I think I might've mentioned on the podcast too, the, the book by Dan Millman, he wrote uh, The Way of the Peaceful Warrior. He also won, wrote one called No Ordinary Moments. And that title, No Ordinary Moments, came from if you're just walking, you can walk without even thinking about being present. You just walk. And it's normally to get from point A to point B. If you can be present for the walk and take in you know, the sound of the birds, the, the grass, the, the cement, the cars, whatever it might be, being present and aware that you're engaged in a doing activity, but you're also being at the same time, then every moment that you're in, there's nothing ordinary about it. It's fully present for that experience and what that's like. 
know, there's one graphic too that I don't know if we'll put on, but you've showed it to me, Meredith, the, you know, where you see the line, right? There's a straight line going from reasonable mind to emotion mind from doing to being, and then that sort of triangle in the middle, but it's not like the triangle is like pointing to a single fixed point. It's just going somewhere along the spectrum, having a little bit of both. And it's okay to go from one to the other. It's okay to have both at the same time. Right. Just be careful of the extremes. Yeah, hundred percent. A hundred percent. That's it. One million billion percent. There she is. There, there I she am. is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One billion percent amazingness. <laughs> when you say one hundred percent, I I think something's wrong. Yeah. Like, what? No, what? that Why? sounds. What? It's What's sad. Wrong there? I know. It feels sad. It's just sad. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, all of this is so we're just throwing out a tiny bit, and again, like we'll put some handouts online so you guys can get a visual. There's so much more to it. There's books that we can tell you to read and questions to be asked. You guys can ask us, you know, whatever you want about this stuff. But this kind of stuff, once you get a visual and once you can sort of understand it, it's not about DBT or CBT or any type of specific therapy orientation. It's just about certain concepts that if we can kind of remember them little by little, they'll just stick with us and it can kind of become second nature and it's just important. Right. And it's also, you know, having this framework, a lot of what we've done, even in the podcast is giving Drew a framework and people can understand that. So then when we do some of the concrete work and some of the detailed work, they've had the framework. So a lot of what, you know, Meredith, what you're talking about, what we're talking about today is giving people a framework for some of the things where we might also post soon, or maybe even do another inside out on some specific things that you guys can do or ways to look out for this and how to practice some of this. Because the idea, I think, is practicing mindfulness is not a chore. Some people think, oh, mindfulness, I can't meditate. I don't want to do yoga. It's not about that necessarily. It's about just being present for whatever's going on and being aware. So if you're aware of being more doing than being or aware of being more emotional than than reasonable, it's okay. Then you can course correct and there's things you can do. Right. I like it. I like it too. I like it a lot. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And we'll, we'll do more of this guys. We'll, we'll give you kind of some concrete stuff to use, but this is, I think a really important framework for one of the things Meredith, you use a lot in DBT and refer to a lot. I mean, you've on the podcast, you've said wise mind a ton and I just go, yeah, okay, cool. Wise mind. Right. What does that mean? I yeah. Know. And, and again, sure. Wise mind, we can call it anything. It's just become an easy name for it, but just wise mind is another word for your intuition, your gut, your instincts, and remembering that, sure, like my instinct may tell me like, yep, I need to go buy that very expensive bag in <laughs> a moment that is an impulsive moment. It is not a grounded, calm, really like thinking things through moment. So when we talk about wise mind, it's looking and trusting our intuition when it comes from that place of like calmness and peace and like really listening to ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Even that example, I laugh because buying an expensive bag, sure. I mean, I don't do that. But when you do that, sometimes I'll hear clients go, yeah, I don't know why I bought this bag and I'm going to have to return it. And they sound so defeated when they say that. Yeah. Like, okay, but tell me about returning it. Well, it was just impulsive and I didn't really want to do that and I don't really need it. Like, that's a shift from that emotional to the reasonable. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, but somewhere along that shifting process is being in wise mind and going, okay, well, let's think about it when you're not punitive to yourself. Yeah, exactly. 
And, and especially if that decision to return it wasn't punitive, wasn't I'm punishing myself because I did something bad. I need to undo it. It's yeah. just, wait, wait, hang on. Let me pause and think about this for a second and yeah. then then make a, a wise decision. Yeah, right. exactly. Yep. Look yep. at you, Dougie. Yep. See, look at what you're teaching me. Look at what we're using here. I'm just teaching you how to Dougie. <laughs> can you Dougie? I can Dougie. Really badly. I don't even remember the Dougie. Really what badly. Was Dougie? Was yeah, it? similar. Yeah, some, you guys should see this video. Yeah, yeah, yep. That's it? Yeah, yeah that's okay. it. We just cool. do a little that. Yeah. Well, there you go. You guys missed it. You can't see it on the podcast, but Dougie just Dougied. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, can't get any better. That's right. Keep Dougieing yourself out there. I don't know what that means, but sounds good in the moment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Could just be my emotional mind talking, but yeah, go for it. We'll talk to you guys right. later. We'll see you and talk to you in a week. Bye. Bye. Bye.